We're talking about three days of grace. We're going to continue this in the next week. And, um, and I believe there's grace for every season. Last week, we talked about grace for running and how the disciples, when Jesus was arrested in the garden, ran and deserted him. Today, I want to talk about grace for rest. You see, we just celebrated the Lord's death. We celebrated communion together. We, we partook of the, the bread and the drink together. And you know from last week that Jesus was arrested right after that dinner in the middle of the night. We go through the trial, the beating. Jesus was crucified on the day of preparation, the Jews called it. It was the day before the Passover or the day before the Sabbath. So he's crucified. The Bible says that between 12 o'clock and three o'clock, that the whole place became dark. It was a gruesome scene. Some of his followers, some women and some, some others were close enough to hear him talk. They were close enough to see how badly he had been beaten. They were close enough to hear people sneer at him and, and hurl insults at him. They were close enough to experience it firsthand. Matter of fact, it got to the place where Jesus looks down at who we believe is John and says, and says to his mother, behold your son, son, behold your mother. He was basically saying, John, take her away. John, take her away. John takes Jesus's mother away from that scene. It was as brutal as you could ever picture in your mind. Jesus had been beaten beyond recognition even before he got on the cross. They nail him to the cross. And between 12 and 3, the whole place goes dark. When Jesus breathes his last breath, the Bible says that there was a giant earthquake in the area. And it shook the whole place enough to split the veil of the temple totally in half. It didn't just rip it a little bit. It split the thing. And that was symbolic. Because in those days... There was only certain people allowed to go behind that veil. And it was a very exclusive position. But the death of Jesus opened up the way for everyone to have personal access with God. So in a symbol, the earth shook and this veil split right down the middle. Now the gospels record there's a man named Joseph from a from a town called Arimathea, who was part of the ruling council, but he, had, he was a dissenter as far as the decision to crucify Jesus. Luke tells us that he was looking for, for the Messiah. So Joseph goes to Pilate and asks for the body of Jesus. Now we find out in another gospel that Pilate was actually shocked that Jesus was dead. Because you find out that the Roman soldiers would, would typically come out and break the legs of the, of the criminals being crucified in order to speed up the death. You actually suffocated on a cross. So they would break the legs so they couldn't push themselves up to gain breath anymore. 
and they came out to break Jesus's legs, but he was already dead. The reason they would break the legs to speed up the death is because they had to get it over before sundown because sundown started the Sabbath. So they come out, they find out Jesus is dead and a, and a soldier pierces his side to confirm it. Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate and says, hey, would you give me his body? Pilate's shocked that he's already dead. And he says, yeah, go ahead and take his body. The Bible says that Joseph takes the body down, wraps it in a linen burial cloth and puts it in a tomb he has where nobody has been. It was near the crucifixion. Rolls the stone in front of the tomb, seals it off. And Luke puts something in here that none of the other gospel writers put. We can assume, but Luke, Luke in his detail actually, actually writes it in there. And he says this, they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. That might seem insignificant, but I believe that one little comment there that Luke points out to remind us that on Friday, Jesus died. On Saturday, they rested. On Friday, Jesus died. On Saturday, they rested. So I want to talk about that this morning. Grace for rest. Sometimes the best thing you can do is rest. Now, I want to let you know something. I am, um, I am absolutely 100% preaching to me right now. So if you guys want to tune in and watch, that's fine. I'm having a conversation with myself. Sometimes the best thing you can do is rest. Now I am an, I am a eight on the Enneagram. I am an achiever. I am a, I am a activator. I am a guy that wants to get stuff done nonstop. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Move forward, move forward, move forward. And I always underestimate the amount of rest that I need. I always overestimate what I can accomplish. I always underestimate how much rest I need. But, but God baked in rest to the whole equation all throughout humanity. It says that he created everything within six days on the seventh day he rested. It says that all, it shows all through scripture where the Israelites followed a Sabbath where they would rest. Jesus, Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, it says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I'm gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. So all through scripture, God inherently knew that as humans, we would have the need for rest that you just can't keep going and going and going and going without resting. Now, now I want to make sure you understand something. There's two types of rest. There's physical rest and there is mental rest. Some of you know how to rest physically, but you don't know how to rest mentally. Some of you can sit down and do nothing, but your mind is going a thousand miles an hour. And so I want to talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about that. Physical rest is good, but mental rest 
is better. When's the last time you had rest for your soul? Think about that. When's the last time did you just, that you didn't just sit down, but when you sat down, your soul was at peace. When you sat down, your soul was at peace. Now, now let me, let me point something out. Jesus had just died. Not a natural death, not a, oh, we saw it coming death, but he, he died a crucifixion death. He died a death where it was brutal and they witnessed it. And so now they were forced by Jewish custom and law to sit and do nothing. To sit and do nothing. It was actually written in how many steps they could take on the Sabbath, written in how much, what they could turn on and what they couldn't turn on, what they could, if they could start a fire or not start a fire. It was written in how much physical work they should be doing on the Sabbath. And so it forced them. Jesus dies on the cross. Joseph takes his body, buries it in a tomb before sunset. And it says the women prepared spices before the Sabbath, which meant they were done before sunset. And then they didn't, then they had to do nothing. They had to do nothing. Now, doing nothing and having rest for your soul are two different things. Some of you know what that looks like. You could be doing nothing, but your soul, soul still is uneasy. So when's the last time you had real rest that you weren't worrying, that you didn't have any anxiety, no stress. So I want to talk to you for just a second about a practical rest, a practical rest That right now, all across our country, there are people who are being forced to do nothing. Maybe maybe you're one of those people who are sitting at home because because your job shut down. Maybe you're one of those uh, people who are working from home and so it's totally different. So you're not uh, physically doing a lot of stuff. But that's different from a soul rest. That's different from a soul rest and I want to talk about that. So practical rest. Here's here's three things that I want you to tune into. Sideways energy is a waste of energy. I say this to my kids all the time. Sideways energy is a waste of energy. I don't like having conversations about stuff that we can't affect. And so, so watch this. Ask yourself if what you are worried about, you actually have the opportunity to do something about. I remember when we first got married, uh, my wife and I, who, by the way, it's her birthday today, and she is 26 years old. Don't judge me. <laughs> now, we've been married almost that long. Uh, I just want to say thanks for all that she is here today helping out, and I just want to say thanks um, for all that she does. But when we first got married, we were broke, flat out broke. And we would go to bed at night praying, trying to figure out how we were gonna pay bills the next day. And I wanna tell you this, God always provided. But I had a philosophy even back then. When it was time to go to bed, I would say, I'm going to go to sleep because I can't make any more money tonight. There's no chance for me to make any more money tonight. So the best thing I could do is get a good night's sleep because tomorrow I'm gonna have to function like an adult. I'm going to have to be on my A game tomorrow. So what's the best use of my energy right now? Sleep. The best use of my energy right now is sleep. So what happens is we have to, we have to figure out, are we worrying about stuff we can actually control? 
So over and over in our lives, there are things that we worry about and become anxious about that are totally out of our control. But we worry about them. Jesus told us, why do you even worry about these things? Will worrying add one more day? Will it, will it add an hour? Will it add any amount of time to your life? No, so sideways energy is pointless. Sideways energy is pointless. It's a waste of energy. So you need to, if you need to write a list, what are the things I can't control and what are the things I can't control? And if I cannot control it, I probably shouldn't be spending a lot of energy thinking about it. I probably shouldn't be, be anxious over things that I cannot control. I can't control whether the stock market goes up or down. I can't control whether my job is here tomorrow. I can't control, I can't control a whole bunch of things in my life. So I'm choosing not to fret over the things that are out of my control because here's what I know. God is always in control. He's always faithful. He's always, his love never fails. And so we have to do that. We have to figure out, am I worrying? Am I using energy that I could for something that I can't control? Am I spending that energy on something I can't? Number two, practical rest. I hope you're writing these things down. Practical rest. You need this in your life today. Junk in equals junk out. There is no way around it. I went to my doctor a couple years ago and he said, your blood levels are crazy. You're going to be a diabetic. Your cholesterol is terrible. And when I told him what I was eating, he said, well, you're getting out what you're putting in. And you can't eat four bowls of Lucky Charms at night and expect not to be a diabetic. But I was trying. And so it works in every area of our life. So watch this. If you watch nonstop 24-hour cable news, expect anxiety to follow. If you watch, I'm going to say it again. If you watch nonstop 24-hour cable news, expect worry to follow. Expect fear to follow. Expect anxiety to follow. Because what you're putting in is junk. And so what's coming out is going to be junk. I'll expand that territory a little bit. If you're on social media 24-7, expect anxiety to follow. Expect disappointment to follow. Expect dissatisfaction. Do you know there's studies that say that people who are on Facebook the most are the dissatisfied the most with their life. So what we're putting in at this time is going to be what's coming out. So I know the world is in upheaval. I know it's in chaos. But the thing to do is to be at rest in our souls. Let God give us rest. So that means we have to control what comes in so that we can control what comes out. So if you're feeling anxious and short-tempered and upset all the time, start, start analyzing, okay, what am I taking in? Am I watching the news all the time and I'm being fearful and, and I'm, I'm being anxious because I, I don't know what's going to happen? Am I, am I watching Facebook? All the, am I watching uh, on social media? No, no, no. I need rest for my soul. I need to unplug some things. I need to get away from the TV. Because here's the third thing about rest. Hope always equals rest. Hope always equals rest. Listen to me. Some of you that are wired like me, you cannot rest if you actually believe everything depends on you. So we're back to what can I control and what I can't control. 
So if you wake up in the morning, you think everything depends on you, forget the rest. There will be no rest for you. If you think you have to worry about everything for everything to go right, there will never be any rest in your life. And what God wants for you, even in this moment, is rest. So here's what I figured out. It doesn't all depend on me. Matter of fact, most of it doesn't. Most of it does not depend on me. So what I have is I have hope that God is faithful. I have hope that his word is true. I have hope that he is for me and is with me. I have hope that he'll never leave me or forsake me. I have hope that every one of his promises is true in my life. I have hope. Here's some scriptures for it. Isaiah 41, 10. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I'm your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. He didn't say you were your family's refuge. He said God is your refuge. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So what we find out is it doesn't all depend on us. And there's a ton about life that we can't do anything about. There's a ton about our lives that we can do nothing about. And what God says in the areas of your life that you can do nothing about, he wants to give you rest. And hope always equals rest. It always equals rest. And so what I find is I find Jesus dying on the cross Joseph of Arimathea burying his body in a tomb and God forcing them to rest. God forcing them to rest. I'm going to tell you something. I don't like being forced to rest. I like to do it on my terms. I like to do it when I think I'm ready. But there have been times in my relationship with God where he has made me lie down in green pastures, Psalm 23, where he didn't ask. He didn't say, Hey, Chris, you feel like resting today? No, he said, you're going to lay down for a little while and you're going to take a break. You think you're controlling too much. You think you're in, in charge. You're, you're worrying about things you don't need to worry about. You're, you're anxious over things that you can't affect any change. So rest. And I'm looking at the pattern in scripture. Jesus was crucified, buried, and then they were forced to rest forced to rest. Now you say, man, there's chaos happening though. How can I rest? How can I rest when all this bad stuff is happening? How can I rest when it seems like the devil is just Satan is just having his way? How can I rest? Let me point something out to you. When you're resting, the enemy is working. I'm not giving him any credit, but I'm just saying when you're resting, the enemy is working. Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 Through 66, it says the next day, that is after the day of preparation. So the next day after the day of preparation would have been the Sabbath day. So Jesus' disciples are resting. The chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate, which they probably shouldn't have done. And said, sir, we remember how the imposter said, while he was still alive, after three days, I will rise. Therefore... Order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead. 
and the last fraud be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, you have a guard of soldiers, go. Make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. When the disciples were resting, Satan was working. 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 When you're resting, Satan is still working. When you're resting, Satan is still working. And I know that freaks some of you out. How can we stop? How can we slow down? Satan is on the move. How, all this chaos is in the world. How can we, how can we push pause? How, we got to go farther. We got to go faster. We got to go harder. Come on. How can we rest? How can we stop? You ever heard the old story about the guy, two guys using an ax, chopping down a tree and the young guy just swung away as hard as he could the whole time. Every now and then the older guy would stop, sit down and sharpen the ax. And when they got to the end, the older guy actually finished first and had more energy. And you know, the moral of that story, it wasn't that the young guy was, wasn't strong enough is that he wouldn't take time to sharpen what he needed. So listen, God knows exactly what you need exactly when you need it. He knew that his followers needed rest. He knew that Satan would be at work. But here's what I'm telling you. Satan is always using a dull ax. He's always he always has to work twice as hard as we do. He all, he can't, there's no way he can stop because he already knows he's defeated. And so he's trying to work overtime to make sure that he gets what he gets. And here's what scripture tells us that in rest, God can work for us in rest. God can work through us in rest. God can do more than if we try to rely on ourselves. So, so Jesus crucified dies time to rest. Don't worry about what they're scheming. Don't worry about what the devil's doing in the moment. Don't freak yourself out. Rest. I know he's not stopping, but I'm going to stop and sharpen the ax a little bit. I'm going to stop. Rest is always vital to victory. Here's what some of you get locked up in. You ever have the what if circle? If you get trapped in the cyclical question of what if, you will never rest. You'll never rest. God says, hey, I need you to take a rest. Says, well, what if Satan, what if, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if that, what if I take a break and that happens? What if I, what if I go away and that happens? What if I, what if I rest? What if I stop being anxious? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if this happens? What if, can I ask you this? What if you take a rest and God's faithful? What if you take a rest and the enemy still can't overcome you? What if you take a rest and the greatest scheme that the devil could ever come up with to fake it, look, make sure the resurrection didn't take place. It was the, it was the, the bird. It was the rabbit in the, in the, in the trick. Oh, I'm going to make sure now because, because we can't, we can't take a risk 
of Jesus, of them coming to steal his body. So while the disciples are resting, we're going to scheme and make sure this thing doesn't come to pass. But what we find out is while we're resting and the devil's scheming, it still doesn't work. The rest works. Because it didn't matter how many guards they put at the tomb, Jesus was going to resurrect. They could have put every Roman soldier on the planet in front of that tomb and the body of Jesus Christ would have been supernaturally raised from the dead that morning. There wasn't a Roman soldier. There wasn't a stone big enough. There wasn't any force big enough that the devil could muster on that Sunday morning to keep him from resurrecting. And so the best thing we can do when God has already established the victory is rest. Let your soul rest. Let your soul rest. I know, what if, what if, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if everything goes sideways? What if, what if, what if, what if? I know, what if they, what if they put a guard at the tomb? What if? You can what if yourself to death. But I would challenge you this morning to say, what if God heals? If God heals, I can rest. What if God gives us the victory? If he gives us a victory, I can rest today. What if he comes through financially? I can rest today because... He can provide. I can rest today because he can heal. I can rest today because he's faithful. I can rest today because there is no scheme to keep him in the tomb. It can't work. So I'm choosing this morning not to what if it. Not to, not to, not to get in that endless cyclical pattern of, of worrying about what could happen. Well, if I, if I rest, the devil's going to get ahead. No, he's never going to get ahead. The only way he gets ahead is if you don't rest. If you wake up every morning acting like it's all dependent on you, that it's only in your power. No, God set it up so you could sit down and rest in him. There's a grace for rest today. Jesus is going to resurrect, so the devil has to work nonstop. I mentioned to you a pattern and I want to go into this a little bit. We see Jesus die, brutal crucifixion. We see Joseph bury his body. We see death. We see rest. And then we see resurrection. They rested on the Sabbath from sundown, Friday evening, sundown, they stopped. They waited all day Saturday. Could it be possible in the midst of chaos, God wants you to rest? Could it be possible when you think, man, I got so much, I got so much to work. I got so much going on. They rested all day. From sundown Friday evening to sunup Sunday morning, rest. It was the death, rest, and then resurrection. Death, rest, resurrection. Death, rest, resurrection. And here's why I believe that pattern exists. Because after Jesus rises from the dead, it is game on. 
after Jesus rises from the dead, it is game on. The women on the morning of the resurrection come to the tomb ready to put out spices on his body and they find the stone rolled away and they find an angel sitting there. It's an earthquake and guards are knocked unconscious and Jesus is not, it's on. You better be rested up for the resurrection. You better be resi- you better be rested up for the miracle that God is going to do in your life. You better be rested up for the healing. You better be rested up for the provision. Because when Jesus resurrects, it's game, it's game time. It's on. It, we're ready to go. So never be afraid to rest after something is buried in your life. Because what is coming after that is victory that you need to be ready for. See, this is, this is the crux of the whole thing. Many of you have walked through seasons of your life where it seems like God has killed something. It seems like God has put something to death, a dream, a, a vision, a, a goal in your life where it seems like he's, he's put it to death. And I believe that he was actually causing a pattern in your life. Okay, that is not the time for that. It's time to rest And when you've really rested, I'm bringing victory. When you really rested, I'm bringing victory into your life. And so what happens is Jesus is buried on Friday. They rest all day and then he brings the victory into their life. And he wants you to be ready to take hold of that victory. He wants you to not just be physically ready. He wants you to your soul to be ready to take hold of that for which God took hold of you. He wants your soul to be in tune with him. And if, listen, if you worry and are anxious, God can bring the victory into your life and you never see it. He wants your soul to be at peace so you can take hold of victory. He wants your soul to be at peace so you can take hold of victory. I believe that there was a 24 hour period in the disciples' lives where they could sit down and process what he had said and what had just happened. He had told them over and over and over again explicitly what was going to happen. And now they have a 24-hour rest that they could say, do you remember what he said? Do you remember when he said this? They get up on, the, they get up on Sunday and realize that everything he had said came true. So I'm telling you this morning, he's asking you to rest. I know it looks like chaos. I know it looks like I know it looks like we should be worried and we should be. I know it's what everybody's doing, but God is bringing victory and he wants you to be, he wants your soul to be ready for it. He wants your soul to take advantage of it. Now's the time to rest your soul. You want to know the truth about what's happening in our world? You can't worry this out of existence. There's not enough anxiety on the whole planet to fix this. There's not enough worry corporately to change anything that we're doing. You can't snap your fingers and make it go away. So what do we do? Rest in the fact. Let your soul rest in the fact that God is faithful. I'm not saying don't go to work. I'm saying he wants to provide a rest for your spirit. Because here's what I know. I know that a resurrection is happening. 
I know that God has a resurrection plan for everything that dies. I know that God has a resurrection plan for every dream. I know God has a resurrection plan for every hope. I know God has a resurrection plan for everything. He wants you to be ready. He wants you to be able to see it. And so your soul has to be at peace. There's a grace for rest this morning that you need to take advantage of. There's a grace for rest, even in the middle of chaos, that you need to take advantage of because there will be a Sunday morning resurrection. There will be. There will be a victory. There will be an overcoming. There will be, there will be an end to this. There will be a, a, there will be a moment where God receives the glory. There will be. So what do we do now? Lord, we rest in your peace today because resurrection Sunday's coming. We want to be ready. We want to see it. We want to be ready for it, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for giving us rest. Thank you for resting our souls. Thank you for giving us peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that we can bring all of our, all of our needs to you. We cast all of our cares on you because you care for us. Thank you, God, that we can bring every request to you. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our heart and mind. He wants to give you rest this morning because the victory is at hand. The resurrection is coming. Here's what I believe. I believe it's in times like this that the gospel goes forward quicker and faster than it ever has. People in our world need hope today. Hope provides peace. Hope provides rest. And our world needs hope today. I was so excited this morning when I got on Facebook and we were preparing for this and and getting the live stream ready. And I saw my friends from Africa. I saw friends in Pittsburgh. I saw friends all over the place live streaming the gospel. I saw my buddy in Africa sitting on the front porch of his church with a guitar and his son and his wife just playing and worshiping and live streaming to his church. Because the gospel is victorious. God wants to give us the victory here. God wants to give your family the victory here. And the best thing you could do in this moment to secure it is rest your soul. Let it rest today. Cast out all worry. Cast out all anxiety. Cast out all fear. Take every thought captive for the rest of this day. And let the peace of God give you rest Victory is coming. I'm going to look right at the camera. Victory is coming. Victory is coming in your life. Victory is coming in this circumstance. Victory is coming. But today, God wants you to rest. Today, he wants you to give grace. He wants to give you grace for that rest. And I want to pray with you that way. Sam's going to come up, play while we're praying. Maybe if you're in the living room with your family, maybe take the hand Maybe gather together with your family and pray a peace and a rest over your family this morning. Pray a peace and rest over where you work. Pray a peace and rest over this community. Even in the middle of chaos, he'll give us rest. Pray a peace and rest over your spouse. Father, we ask you today, Lord, that that rest would come over us. 
that the worry would exit, that the anxiety would exit, that the grace of God would give us rest today. We want to be ready for a resurrection, Lord. We want to be ready for a victory. We want to be able to take hold of those promises you have for us. We want to be ready for a resurrection Sunday morning. God, we want to be ready. And part of that is being restful in you. Even in the midst of chaos, Lord, we pray that there be a peace in our lives. We pray peace over our families. We pray peace over our community. Pray peace, Lord, over our hospitals, over our fire departments, over our police departments, God, over our military. We pray peace, God, in the midst of chaos. We pray peace, Lord, over our leaders. Give a grace for rest this morning, Lord. Far and wide, as far as this stream is going, give a grace for rest this morning. Lord, to every anxious thought we take captive, every worried thought we take captive. Pray that you replace it with hope, with your faithfulness. God, we thank you today. We know there's death, Lord. We know there's rest. We know there's resurrection. Pray, Lord, today that you give us that rest as we surrender to you, as we honor you today, Lord. Give us that grace for rest. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hey, listen, I want to thank you for tuning in this morning. I'm praying that prayer over your family all week. I'm praying that prayer over our first responders all week that God will give us a grace for rest. Trust in him today and let him give you that peace. Amen.